0: Hello everyone and welcome to Filibusters. Mike here along with John. That would be me. We're back. We are. We're back. It's January. It's a new year. A
1: new decade. And this is going to be aired in February. I love love how that works. Yeah. I love recording.
0: It's a slight time delay. Rather than seven seconds, more like seven days. (laughs) Just about. And it will be. But uh, (laughs) hey, what are we doing today? We're talking about women's empowerment today. That's an awesome thing. So we have two people here that worked on the Women's March in Vancouver. We have Terry Niles and Carmen McKibben. So I'd like you to introduce yourselves and talk about what you did. So we'll start with Terry.
2: Okay. My name is Terry Niles. I um, I am one of the organizers uh, along with uh, some other uh, community um, activists in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and uh, we put on the Women's March in Vancouver this year. Um, it kind of uh, sprung up... You know, very organically and grassroots. When we uh, when it, we realized that Portland wasn't going to have a march, but then we also realized that um, we the women in Vancouver wanted to, wanted to have one. They wanted to have mm-hmm. one with their own uh, community coming out and their own community speaking speaking out. So on January eighteenth, we uh, got together at H- Esther Short Park. We had um, representations from. Um, women in our community, Mm -hmm. and um, we spoke out, and we rose up, and we rose up for each other. Nice, nice. Carmen?
3: Hello, everybody. My name is Carmen McKibben, and uh, I jumped along the the ride with uh, Terry here and other wonderful uh, women uh, that uh, wanted to, as Terry mentioned, uh, create an event that had our own uh, Vancouver, Southwest Washington community voice. Uh, female voice. So, Mm -hmm. and, um, with less than what, two weeks of that of organization time, I said, sure, I'm up for the challenge. So I jumped on and, and helped what I could, uh, to get it, uh, put together.
0: So how many people, how many women, or actually more than just women, there were women and men there, right? So how many, how many people showed up to the march? Do you
2: give I, or take? I I've heard uh be t- anywhere between seven and eight hundred people. Wow. Which is a um you know, it's a good sized march for uh Vancouver and then also for um such short notice organizing. Um so it was great. It was um it was a great march full of you know, a lot of unity. Yeah a lot of And it was down at uh, es- Esther Short correct? Esther Short yep. Park. Yeah. We marched um from Esther Short Park, we marched down to the waterfront, mm. we walked along the waterfront, and we came back up Grant Street and back to Esther Short Park. Nice. Nice. So, you know what? We actually
1: have uh, one of our uh, KXRW field um, people went out. Reporters.
0: Reporters. That they're they're people that report things. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: right.
4: But anyway, Sorry. we have one of our field
1: reporters there you go. go out, Barb Seaman. Okay. And she interviewed some of the people, and so we'd like to play that uh, that. Recording right
0: now. Great. From Esther Short Park in Vancouver, this is Barb Seaman for KXRW Radio. We're at the Women's March
5: 2020.
2: Women are kind, and we are um, compassionate, and we are empathetic, and we um, we exhibit all of the things that we would like to see in this society. So we are voting and we are acting to try to bring about a more just um, country and a more uh, just society that we live in.
4: I think that our women's rights are so important especially in our country today. United we can stand together as women in love and celebrate the differences and the beauty in everyone and I think there's so much talent that America has and so many gifts In every race and nationality, and we need to begin to celebrate that. What's your sign, say? I love girls and all genders. I've always been aware of misogyny, but I transitioned five years ago, and I became very aware at skin level and in my face about the level of misogyny in this country, and. I, that was at the time of Obama. And then Trump came along and misogyny became so visible. And it's so visceral when you're not used to it, when you didn't kind of inoculate yourself against it through lifetime of putting up with it. It's so shocking. I have a 13-year-old daughter. I don't want her to grow up in a misogynistic world. Uh, this thing about grabbing women by them is outrageous that that would have happened and that would have been celebrated. Reproductive rights are really important to me because of my daughter. And just because of the younger generations. And then in terms of trans rights, we've, we've receded so far back. We've lost so much in the last three years already. And, and it's trans women of color that are suffering the most. And I, I, I can't possibly be quiet in the face of this. It's, it's, we're living through a dystopia and it has to stop.
6: Can you just read to me what your sign says?
4: You bet. It says, love is love. Black lives matter. Climate change is real. Immigrants make America great. Women's rights are human rights not my president.
5: First we vote,
7: then we vote. Don't forget to vote. Vote in the
5: primary. Vote in the general election. Don't forget
6: to vote. We need to, we need to mobilize. We need to be big. We need to be loud. And I'm doing this for my little babies. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old daughter, and um, I don't like the direction of this country. And I also don't like that people aren't speaking up as much as they should. Were you at the, the original Women's March right after Trump got you know elected? It's funny, I was not. I think I was in denial. I think I was in shock. And it wasn't until the Muslim ban, maybe you know a week or so later, that I really I realized this is really happening and this is really bad. And I started to get educated. At that time, I didn't even know who our representative was. I didn't know what district I lived in. I got online and I started looking up everything who, you know, local government, state government, federal government, figuring it all out and from that moment on I've just been really activated, I guess. And uh, it's changed my life.
2: What do we do? When human rights are under attack, what do we do?
3: So you're just carrying a flag. Yep, that's it. It's not just Republicans that can be patriots.
2: When science is under attack, what do we do?
3: Tell me about your sign, what does it say? It says, women are the real architects of society.
2: (laughs) Women in this country are the largest voting bloc in this country, and um, women traditionally have not really looked at voting as voting in their best interests. And I think women now in 2020 are doing that. They're going to, to take their power back and they're going to start looking at the issues and voting in their best interest and what what would best affect them and how, and how to make change that they look for. Like. I have a lot of hope when I see women come together like this. For
3: KXRW Radio Vancouver, this is Barb Seaman reporting from the Women's March
1: 2020. And that was Barb Siemens with KXRW, one of our field reporters that actually was attending the uh, Women's March and did some interviews there. So, Terry, can you tell us a little bit about um, the speakers and what actually went on at the Women's March?
2: Um, So, we had a rally. Uh, I think we had about 12 speakers, didn't we? Actually, yeah. close to 20. Close to 20 <laughs> speakers. Um, the, women, the Women's March has some national sponsors that we invited our local sponsors uh, that have local organizations here, like the um, LULAC, um, the NAACP, uh, NWCAVE, um did I forget some of some of them, one of them? No. So plant parenthood, Planned parenthood. Mm. and so they spoke, and then we had some uh, our indigenous community spoke, mm. and they talked about um, uh, the missing and murdered indigenous women in right. Washington, which was really um, really important issue that needs to be brought out. We had um, somebody speaking, um, a trans woman speaking about a local trans woman that had been murdered. And her mother was on stage. We had, um, who who else did we have? We had a, it was a wide range of of, people. Yeah, we had
3: somebody uh, speak on um, immigrant and refugee uh, Mm. justice, um, also climate justice, which is something very uh, critical in these days.
0: So it sounds like this is a wide range of of people. I mean, a wide range of, of topics and issues that are kind of converging around. On well, right. that interest women
2: or it involve women, right? They they did have some key issues nationally that we were focusing on: um, reproductive rights, mm-hmm. uh, climate justice, immigration rights, and there's another one: uh,
3: racial civil rights, uh, uh, rights. LGBTQ support, um, mm-hmm. as uh, and then of course uh, disability rights as well. Right. So we had a, a good. Um, range. We were very intentional about that. Mm. And it was beautiful that our speakers and and our volunteers, uh, understood those principles, you know, that, that align, uh, in the national. But again, we, we also, it's issues that are coming to all of us women. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the issues they do over, they do, they do overlap, right? I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, what you look like or where you're from or whatever. I mean, it, women's issues are women's issues so that's it's interesting so how how did this all come together because terry you mentioned it was um
2: you, you mentioned something about it being uh, coming together rather quickly it did come together <laughs> so, it, it did come together <laughs> rather quickly this this particular march um we will talk to a little bit later a little bit about when you're talking about overlapping mm-hmm. um, one yeah. of the key issues with the women's March organization and one of their you know a part of their mission is to talk about intersectional feminism, mm. um, which is um, maybe Carmen can talk a little bit about because that's a, a major point in what and what we focus on and what we do. Yeah.
3: Yes, um, that one is, is something that uh, personally I, I appreciate that the women's March at the national level, um, has made it very um, clear to make sure that is integrated in their principles. And, of course, the affiliate marches throughout the U.S. follow that. And it kind of came um, from um, this uh, black feminist uh, woman, Dr. Kimberly Williams Crenshaw, um, who talked about the, the ways that how, you know, our, particularly our black women, but it also happens with our... our uh, both black and brown women that um you know we we've deal with a lot of layers of complex and and overall discrimination on Mm -hmm. on areas like in the workplace in our own criminal justice system Mm -hmm. um education and um you know other sectors right and this is something that you know the key thing is to ensure that there's advocacy right understanding right the the um, the shoes that are being walked on mm. from our uh, uh, black and brown sisters, and to make sure you know that they get right the the equitable treatment, the equal treatment, mm-hmm. in, in these areas. Healthcare is another big one. Uh, as an advocate myself, I, I hear a lot from um, the community that I work with a lot um, on healthcare barriers alone. Mm. So, and and again, it's not just uh, intersectionality has now started with our black women, but now it's not just, it's also to our trans women, folks with women with disabilities, as well as our indigenous uh, women. And, and that's something that again, we're seeing a lot of um, issues going on that we need to ensure that equity and that equal treatment
2: is placed on, on all those women.
0: Thank you for clarifying that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and
2: I think it's the important thing is to understand that that, uh, somebody's experience is – everybody's experience is different. Mm -hmm. And my experience of being, you know, oppression as a woman is different from um, a a black and brown Mm -hmm. woman's experience as oppression as a woman. It's different than – a trans woman it's different so it, it the intersectionality just kind of deals with uh, identifies like the, the lines of intersecting routine de- gender race class ability sexual orientations and how and how that all uh, changes and on everybody's appearance changes yeah
3: and another final thing mm-hmm. if I can add to that is also with all that encompassing its understanding as individuals that cultural humility um, some, believe it or not, I'm doing a dissertation right now that's kind of tearing apart this, but some there are actually in that space. They, some of them refer to cultural competency models mm-hmm. and there's different variations, but I know we're limited on time. But it's, again, kind of what Terry uh, highlighted already is to, um, you know, look at all these layers, right? And it's a level of, of uh, empathy, humility, but also turn that into leadership, turning that into advocacy
2: to change. Hmm. So so we believe that the Women's March is the first time that a women's agenda has been written in an intersectional policy platform. Hmm. So that's why I've, because intersectional feminist. Feminism has been really important to me, and I'm really trying to embrace it and learn as much as I can. Um, that's why I was really drawn to this organization and what they're trying to do.
0: Well, it sounds like to, to, to put something like this together, with, with uh, to organize it, and I don't know, you said, it, like, go back to my original question, you said it happened rather quickly. Right. So how did you bring all these different uh, constituencies, if you will, together, these different groups together to organize this? How, what was your means? No.
2: So I had a lot of help. <laughs> uh, Carmen was a lot of help, and uh, I've do, been do, working in outreach in this community for not near as long as Carmen or as and everybody as and other people that were involved. Mm-hmm. But I did know people, so I uh, reached out for their help to get that together. And so, if and like social media, and and are you. We, we had social media. I mean, we made phone calls, right? We made phone
3: calls, calls uh, social media. Again, I mean, that was uh, there is a Facebook uh, group page that was created. Um, granted, the logistics weren't really, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just because again, realizing we had to do this um, in in a quick time frame, you know, that kind of stuff. But it was still like a resource place, and right. and as we were pulling things together with our um, other organizers and volunteers mm-hmm. we were then disseminating right the logistics info on the facebook page but i mean word word of mouth too i mean people heard right. and and uh would call us and yeah. women our are messages. hungry for
2: yes this.
0: they're yes. hungry for this awesome awesome well we're going to take a quick break we're here with terry Niles and carmen McGiven from the vancouver women's march we'll be right back with more filibusters
4: Community radio like this is brought to you by the generous support by our founding sponsors at ADCO Commercial Printing and Graphics, Clark County's local print shop since 1993. ADCO features stationery, posters, flyers, tickets, business cards, stickers, catalogs, and much more. Print on anything and mail anywhere. Learn more at ADCO1.com. That's A-D-C-O, the number one, dot com. KXRW would like to thank our friends at New Vansterdam for supporting our radio community. New Vansterdam is the premier cannabis market in the Vancouver area. They carry a variety of cannabis products ranging from pre-rolls, vape cartridges, and edibles to CBD topicals, oils, and tinctures. New Vansterdam is located in the Heights Shopping Center on the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen Road. Open 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. 365 days a year. More information is available at newvansterdam.com. That's newvansterdam.com.
0: All right, welcome back to filibusters, Mike and John here, along with Terry Niles and Carmen McGibbon, Vancouver Women's March. We're talking about women empowerment today. Yep. And uh, so so Terry, what what was the uh, instigator here for the women's March, which started back in 2017 and has, uh, has continued to, to go over the years here. We've been what, three years into this now, right? This mm-hmm. is the third, fourth March. So what started all this?
2: Well, you know, I actually think the Women's March—they um, were actually really shocked at the amount of people that came out that first uh, that first year. And when was um, that again? So that was in two thousand and seventeen, and anywhere between their estimate is between three point three and five point three million women worldwide worldwide came wow. came, came out, and yeah. um, and women came out because I think they were, for one thing, they didn't—they just couldn't believe what happened. They were shocked. And they were angry, and they were angry that a narcissistic misogynist was in uh, the White House. And so Trump did um, inspire the Women's March, and so um, and he continues to inspire women to be leading the resistance. Mm-hmm. So the resistance, if you think about the Women's March, it is really the 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 driver of the resistance that you've seen happen over the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Um, it has driven women to the polls. It has driven women to run for office. It has driven women to, um, to resist. So when you look around and you look around at organizations like Indivisible and Huddle Groups and this kind of stuff, these women were all inspired by the Women's March and they were going, okay, we're pissed off and we're gonna do something about it. So those are the women that are writing postcards to their senators, that are calling their senators mm-hmm. every day, that are doing it. Those are the women's that, women that stood up and did something about the Republicans trying to dismantle the ACA. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was those women making those phone calls every single day and, and re- women really just getting to work. So when this happened, um, when when we decided to have a Vancouver women's march it was very those same women those same women that have been part of the resistance Mm -hmm. and then we even got women that haven't been but now they're seeing 2020 elections Mm -hmm. and they want their women are ready to take back their power women are the largest voting bloc in this country and they're starting to realize that so it was very easy to get women very motivated to come out and to speak out and um, I think that with our local organization and with the Women's March National, we are trying to keep women, continue to keep them motivated. Um, and uh, so we will, we will be doing that, and you'll see a lot of, we'll be having some local um, resistance activities around the women, okay. with our Women's March group. It was very easy for me to get on my, on the Facebook page, 2,200 people within like six days to join that, women Uh, that I don't know, women that, um, because women just heard about it, and then they just started sharing it, and they started sharing it with...
0: Yeah, so is this this a, this isn't a partisan thing, is it?
2: No, this is a very Mm non-partisan, and that is one thing about the Women's March, because I'm I'm involved in local politics Mm -hmm. as well, as Mm -hmm. a lot of people know, um... It is um, even like the national women's March they ask candidates not to not to come this year not to do anything mm, okay. um, so that we intentionally did not ask candidates to speak um, we asked them to show up to mm. listen to us mm-hmm. uh, but it was really about community speaking so uh, that's why we had community members speaking and speaking to candidates mm. so um, it isn't it's it it's not that it's not Political and doesn't think that there's a political mm-hmm. solution for everything, mm-hmm. but we want it to make it about the people and about women, not mm. about legislators or okay, yeah. Well, and one of the interesting things
1: that I've seen, and I think we, we talked a little bit this about this offline, is um, in 1982 that was considered the year of the woman, and one of the things that came out of that was the increase of senators. Uh, women senators from two to six, mm-hmm. and yet um, just in the last couple of years, we had been taught we were talking about the increase in the number of women in House of Representatives. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Even though you guys aren't one party or another, just the sheer number of women that got elected into the House of Representatives.
2: I know. I think there is a hundred and two women got elected into the House. Uh, two thousand eighteen was was a good good year for women, and I think you're going to see two thousand and twenty be be better you know because mm-hmm. women are um because if you look at what the women's march national mm-hmm. what they called for for this women's march it says we are going to continue we are going to finish what we started and that's what we're going to do and what we what we started was to get trump out of office and in 2020 we're going to finish it so um i would not underestimate the power of women because uh so, like I said, we're going to finish what we started. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: and, and that reminds me, John, of the uh, the story that we... we so, about... Uh, actually, our first radio show. Our first radio Our show. first interview, we had Senator Patty Murray on. And we interviewed her. And we normally do trivia with our guests, right? We talked with you guys about that before the show. So, and John here comes up with a trivia question, a couple of trivia questions. And, and the one question... I'll let you go ahead and tell the story, John, but this is uh, cool because... This specifically, this 1992, the year the woman came up, and this was a, it this was, was great...
1: yeah, it was outstanding because the trivia question that I posed to uh, Senator Murray and, and Mike and our other host at the time was, uh, in um, what year did the senator women senators get their own bathroom? <laughs> oh god, and Isn't that crazy know, to you, think it's like you would crazy think to that think, would yeah. have been like you know. <laughs> 70s or something like that okay. it, was, it was 1992 oh because wow. of the fact prior to that the two uh women senators had to go downstairs and use the uh women's tourist
2: bathroom mm. and then well, women have just been fighting for their basic human rights i mean women exactly. rights are human rights forever and sometimes i think you know carmen don't you think that during this march people there was the sentiment out there was like why am i still doing this why is the equal rights amendment not why is like, you know, why are we still fighting these fights that we thought that we had won? And since the you know this administration, we kind of feel that um, our rights have been are being taken like taken away. so we're going oh, yeah. backwards. Yep. yeah.
0: Yeah, and then and then Senator Murray, so the kicker to the whole trivia question was, no, she got the answer right, of course, because she was there when it happened. Right, but she, the she, kicker, <laughs> yeah, she knew the answer to that when these guys had no clue. Uh, but the funny thing about it was it was, was, it was a gimme for the it was a gimme for the guests. That's I get right. it. Yep. Know, I get yeah, it. there you go. You but, gotta but, like, you know, you gotta like, make senator look good. I of get, of course, <laughs> it.
1: of course. But the funny thing about it was, that she actually came back and told us that something that we had no clue of was she's actually in the congressional record as the first uh, women senator to use that new bathroom that they <laughs> created for her. <laughs>
0: But I mean it really okay. did put perspective around it. I mean right. I, I I until John asked that question, I had no idea, like it didn't even dawn mm-hmm. on me that oh yeah, there isn't there wasn't and I mean and, and there were sitting women senator at the time. Exactly. One mm-hmm. or two was it two of them at the time? There was two at, two at the time, time yep. It's, it's insane. So 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 this entire movement was started pretty much right after the um, inauguration of Donald Trump.
2: The day after the election.
0: Day after. Oh, day after election is when the no m- day after the inauguration. Yeah, yeah. So that's when the that's when the first women's march right took place. So going forward, um, the goal of the women's march seems like there's a lot of things going on here for for, for goals of women's march, right? I mean, it's one of them is though is political in the uh, actual removal of Donald Trump from. Being the president, right, to changing in the administration—that's one of the goals of the of the march—is to bring recognition to that that we need to have a political a change at the top, if you will.
2: I think that um, I think that they are doing that, and they are doing it, and they're not. Those goals are not separated. The politics and the intersectional mm-hmm. feminism mm-hmm. are not separated. Those are those are those work in uh, together. Um, so having women's voices means having women of colors' voices means having indigenous women's vo- voices means having you know um, uh, transgender women's voices. Um, so so those two things are not two goals; they're together. So understanding your power and um, exercising your power is all inclusive. There, yeah.
3: And what uh, I uh, value and respect of the women's marches that they are very intentional in creating that um, transformational social change. That's a big push on on mm-hmm. their messaging and going grassroots, right? Kind of, you know, we went grassroots in organizing this event, but going beyond doing this every year, hopefully not too long, <laughs> but uh, through different <laughs> outreach and trainings, right, to encourage women um, not only to run for office, right, but there's other opportunities where women uh we have that political power how is that commissions boards right Mm -hmm. neighborhood um organizations um you know that's and and stop the systems of oppression that's that's happening with with all around women um and and our and also ending the violence that's another one um, that one of our national partners for example brought in hmm. to to the, this year's uh, women's march so that's something i really a uh, uh, value of the organization and 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 just putting in that spirit of showing self-determination right of women and and ensuring that we have that
2: respect and dignity that that again we deserve it a long time <laughs> ago so yep, definitely so I think that the march is like a, it, this was a moment that we were going to set the tone for what this very decisive year is, mm-hmm. and so this was our moment. It was the year that we were going to say that if Donald Trump is going to be a one-term president, and we're going to decide that if we are gonna, if Americans are going to reject the policies of prejudice and turn to a more enlightened path, mm-hmm. and so that's why we were marching, and that's why we were there.
0: Mm-hmm. So I mean, it is really, and that's why I was trying to make that distinction. So give you the opportunity to to to, to make that distinction that. It's really about policy and, and values and yes. empowerment yep. rather than – I mean, while it may have been inspired by an individual getting elected, it's it's not going to go away if that individual is not elected anymore, correct? I mean, this is a movement that's going to continue to be out there and fighting for women's rights.
2: Absolutely, because we're going to take this locally. I mean, there's things that we're fighting for locally that I think are women's issues, and that our local politicians and policies that mm-hmm. we we want to see enacted in our city councils, in our uh, state state governments. Mm-hmm. So we're you know, battleground tax uh, education bills, the school board, you yeah. know, yeah. school yeah. board bills. Yeah. Those are the kind of things that we will be talking about because those are women's issues. And so, what you what we are saying happens nationally. So you know, everybody's heard the term like you know, think globally but mm-hmm. act locally Mm -hmm. um that's what this local group is really interested in doing
0: and the one the neat thing about clark county about southwest washington is we have a lot of strong women in elected leadership
2: oh i know and we i mean even washington
0: i mean even look at washington state right i mean our our two senators uh and for a while there we had a, a christine gregoire as governor too but but i think you know it's really interesting you know with the mayor the mayor of vancouver you know, yes. and we have, and I don't want to, I don't want to start naming names because I'll end up forgetting kidding somebody. But we have a lot of, 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 of very strong women in, in significant roles in, in the state legislature, at the local level, uh, at the County, you know, really trying to push policy that, and not necessarily just policy for, uh, empowering women, but really policy and empowering people in general. And I think we're, we're pretty lucky to have, to have that here because I'll tell you, you know, being in the world of Electeds and and it is, is something that um, we don't see enough of. You know, if, if I, I mean, a percentage wise, you, you'd mention this. Right. Women are the majority of right. this country, so if if our elected bodies, elected legislators, elected councils, really should at minimum, minimum be fifty percent right. male, fifty percent female. And we're not there. No, we're not. And so in our boards and our commissions and actually. You know, to make up some ground, probably more than 50, you know, because, <laughs> I mean, there's years of, of it just not having the representation.
2: Right. And um, me being, you know, like a rabid feminist, uh, <laughs> I I do believe that women govern differently. Mm-hmm. The the things that they support and the things that they champion are different and how they govern. Um, and I think that we need more of that, you know. Yeah. So. So, how do you think that
1: the um, Me Too movement played in, into all of this as well?
2: Well, the Me Too movement, and so things like the Me Too movement, and um, and um, that I think kind of kind of the Women's March inspired that. So, in in when 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 people came out in two thousand seventeen by the millions, and women found their voices, mm-hmm. then uh, the then. they were more more inspired to talk about that. So the Me Too movement was women coming together and collectively sharing their experiences and being able to share their experiences together Mm -hmm. and finding a common ground. And I think what it did is it brought us together. And um, you're just going to see more of that. This is, women are, you know, we're a force and we're a force to be reckoned with. And we are going to, we are going to, claim our power back.
0: Well, no, I mean, it is, it is really interesting to see that. the Typically, or any anytime you have a movement of, of people who are getting involved and engaged and you see sort of some spin offs, right, whether the different organizations, different focuses, uh, or they spin off and, and it may be a completely different thing, but they're supportive because of a common cause, if you will, right, a commonality. So
2: well, women, that's interesting. Well, women have never been more motivated for equality to to bring about equality and justice than they are now i think yeah. that this is just this is a moment and Great. it is a movement like you said it is a movement it's not something that's going to go away all right well
0: we're going to take a quick break and come back we're here with terry nows and carmen McGibbon from the vancouver women's march we'll be back with more filibusters in just a second
3: KXRW Community Radio wants to thank our friends and sponsors at Boomerang Therapy Works, where exercise is medicine. At Boomerang, they offer a variety of one-on-one treatment options that can be tailored to your health and wellness. They offer physical therapy, massage therapy, personal trainers, exercise programs, group classes, and specialize in customized Parkinson's treatments. Located in downtown Vancouver, more info available at boomerangtherapyworks.com, where exercise is medicine.
1: Big shout out to our friends at Vancouver Pizza Company for supporting KXRW Vancouver. This family-owned pizza restaurant offers 25 specialty pizzas along with fresh salads, hot sandwiches, wings, and their famous breadstick. The spacious dining room is a great place to gather and play board games. Can't come in? Ask for delivery or pickup. Their delivery area also includes our friends in North Portland. Vancouver Pizza Company also specializes in large groups, birthday
0: parties, and catering. More information available at VancouverPizza.net. All right, welcome back to Filibusters with Mike and John. We are here with our guests Terry Niles and Carmen McGibbon from the Vancouver Women's March. So, um, as we're getting ready for the show, I heard some music in here, and uh, I think Terry was uh, sharing some of the music from the from the march. Mm-hmm. Sort of. So, what what what's is there like a theme song to the march, or theme songs, or songs that have? that
2: really embody kind of what what this movement's about well the the theme the theme of this march was women rising and mm-hmm. that was the theme of the national march and that was the theme of our march too we had a lovely um pastor come and sing a really powerful version of andrade days um hmm. song uh will uh, rise up mm-hmm. uh, what's her name it's pastor Danielle. um um, Buford, Buford, Danielle Buford, beautiful voice, beautiful, beautiful. It was, um, it was really. She did a, uh, she talked about uh, birthing a movement, which <laughs> was really great. Um, there was I,
0: something. There was something I've heard about this. I know. So,
2: so, so when I was interviewed for by the Colombian, they talked to. I, I, I kind of repeated a conversation that I had with her, mm-hmm. and she talked about. And um, we were talking. She was talking about. Um, Political activism and movements like this are like giving birth, <laughs> and you have to push through the pain and keep pushing through the pain. And though it's painful, in the end, um, you will have something beautiful that you love. And so, um, even though we Interesting had an analogy, yeah. So even though, and me as a nurse, I was like, oh yeah, I <laughs> you I, get that. I, I really like that. But um, even, but. Even as we were talking about some very serious subjects and Mm -hmm. some very uh, during the rally and my uh, the people that were speaking, they would come. They would be, you know, maybe a little nervous before they got up. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that they all said is when they got up on the stage and they looked out at that crowd, there was so much love in that crowd. Even though there's a bunch of you know (laughs) hate Trump signs, They, they they said that the crowd though there was so much love towards them. And so it was really, uh, like, everybody involved was very happy, don't you think?
3: No, no. I mean, yeah. that's uh, something that uh, we heard from a lot of our speakers and, and volunteers. And I was, for example, I was one of the speakers, and um, it, it just felt that energy that whatever I said, it was okay. I was in a safe space mm. there at that moment. So it was pretty pretty uh, moving.
2: I had a Girl Scout tr- troop come um, mm. Contact me and wanted to be involved in volunteering and oh. so, which was really kind of amazing. It's like, oh, yeah, look at these young women getting civically involved. Yeah, you know, I want to now, ask
0: you about that because in, in the interview earlier, there was an interview with uh, a younger girl that had talked about being involved and being being at the march. Right. So what what is it like to to see, you, you know, your life experiences and having to deal with what's going on now and maybe somebody maybe doesn't have that same perspective because they're a lot younger and you know, they're 9, 10, 13 years old. What's it like to have them come into this and and kind of Get them to come in and get involved in this. I mean, what does that do to you? Does it energize you? Does it pump you up? Is it?
2: I was really touched. Were you touched? I was super yeah. touched by the the youth and the different and the diversity mm. in the crowd and how everybody kind of came together and they were rising up for each other. And as the pastor would like the singing and saying, "I'll rise up for you, sister, and you, sister, and you, sister, and you, sister." Mm-hmm. I mean, it was amazing. That's cool. Yeah. yeah.
3: And um, what I uh, liked is just to see that relationship especially mother and daughters um Mm. you know being in that space uh it was very um yeah powerful it was Mm. very uh, intriguing that and that you know they they both showed up moms and and daughters uh, to this uh um event and i'm pretty sure you know like the younger ones they had dialogue probably before getting there but i mean for them to carve the time because parents and fam- you know, we're busy mm-hmm. families yeah. are busy and, and to carve that time to bring your children uh, to this was, was really neat to mm. see. And that gives hope, right. And, and, and hopefully, you know, that the parents continue to integrate their children and some of these spaces, you know, so they can get um, hopefully passionate about mm-hmm. civic engagement and,
2: and the, the we need know, that we need <laughs> yeah. that yeah so and and passionate about being accepting of all people's that was another uh, mm. big
3: big message and, right. and again i mentioned about safe space i think mm-hmm. you know it extended to to those children as well and and it's okay you know we're all unique in our own way but you know here we're okay here we're safe mm. right. here we have support Here we can fight together. (laughs) It was a very
1: loving event. You know, one of the things is, I mean, obviously having that generational experience together, um, there are folks that are going to have grandparents and great-grandparents that were actually alive back in 1920 when women got the right to vote when it was ratified and and implemented. Uh, Maybe um, you guys could talk a little bit about how this being the 100th anniversary Mm -hmm. has played into – the movement and uh, the march and also uh, what experiences people may have shared because of of that.
2: Well, as far as uh, the centennial suffrage, which is coming up in, I think it's August 26th. Mm -hmm. um, The, the movement recognizes that that's a very, very important thing to celebrate. We also recognize that the uh, right to vote, though, um, is celebrated that 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 right was only extended to maybe to white women, mm-hmm. and so uh, people's different. Inter, if you think about intersectional feminism, people's uh, every other women have different experiences, and so though we we are going to embrace that and and um, and celebrate it, we it's I think it's always important to acknowledge the mistakes of our past and you and then move forward, and um, I think that Carmen has.
3: Yeah, that um, is something I, you know, growing up, I read, I was taught right in in our US history um, about the women's uh, suffrage and, and, uh, but I kind of at times saw it as an irony. Why? Because, you know, I'm a a Latina. And, you know, at that time, my uh, community was not allowed to vote. They were barred, you know, from going to the ballot at that time. Granted, Mm -hmm. I was not born during that era. (laughs) Thankfully, but, um, (laughs) but I mean, I can't imagine, you know, and, and, um, you know, not only just Latinos, it was, you know, Asian Americans, uh, our, our black communities, uh, our indigenous communities that, um, had, had the ability to become, you know, voters and, and they were not at the time. And that's something that, um, we need to be conscious of, uh, of that and, and, uh, and and again, unfortunately, today we've seen uh, in different um, you know uh, cities across the country that there's still a level of oppressing that vote. Um, uh, just heard a story. Uh, I think it was yesterday um, in my home state, <laughs> Arizona, um, that they it um, went to the court and they found proof of evidence that there was uh, suppression and in the voting system from um, in d- different precincts and stuff. So right. that's something, you know, again, 2019, <laughs> uh, 2020, it's, it's still happening. So that's uh, something that um, I um, know that the Women's March organization, both our local and national, is uh, very in tune with that. Right. And, and, and again, in their principles, in their mission, want to make sure that we we don't do this i mean we have this uh continue to happen right in our and especially in our local communities right because a lot of our um policies and stuff impact in the the local level or stem from the local level
1: well yeah absolutely i mean i think you do need to it does need to have that voice and having an organization such as the women's march be able to give that to uh
0: those folks is is awesome well the fact that you've uh, Terry, you mentioned that there's a recognition being being had that that there's a celebration, but it's not total celebration, right? Because I mean, the the, right. the it, it we 1920 didn't mark the end of
2: oh, I know, and. Yeah. It- and and I think that you know, as we see these things happening across the country with, um, you know, voter suppression um, and certain communities being targeted mm-hmm. and their vote suppressed, um, it's important to talk about what happened in the past and then highlight what's happening now. And I think um, um, and I think that, and, and I think that will happen on on Women's Suffrage Day too as well. You know that there's going to be um, celebrations. We're talking within our organizations about being being involved with that, and um, so we'll let you know what happens with that. <laughs> That's my next question. So
0: yeah. we'll yeah, let you know. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let me know. Okay, but but uh, well, in the meantime, uh, you know, you had the, the march here just 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 happened recently. It did. so. What do you have any other events coming up at this point at all that are planned? Just uh, so, kind to keep the momentum going here, if you will, uh, through 2020.
2: So right now we're going to have another organizers meeting and we're going to talk about it. But I have talked a little bit about what uh, we have talked a little bit about it. So right now we're using our platform to elevate the voices of the of people that are our national sponsors. So um, like the NAACP, mm-hmm. um, they have Black History Month this month. Mm, yeah. And so we we, uh, we pushed out to all of our members that, mm. um, you know, to go to the library and support them mm-hmm. um, in their Event there, um, LULAC and uh, NW CAVE. And so we're going to. So, as we. Could you tell folks a little bit about what NW CAVE is? Oh, I, I think that. <laughs> then that should be me. Huh? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no
3: pressure. Um, it's uh, NW CAVE, uh, it is a national partner, the Women's March. It is an acronym standing for the National Women's uh, Coalition Against Violence and Exploitation. They are based here in Vancouver. Um, they've been uh, for about ten years, just over ten years now, and, and their big mantra was, is also one of the principles of the Women's March is to end uh, violence against women. So that's a, a big one, and they were um, uh, initially involved in, in one of the local cases uh, um, with our, um, uh, that involved a trans community member uh, uh, recently, as you mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. heard in the news, mm-hmm. so yeah. they were initially involved in that case. Um, but anyhow, that's um, um, what it stands for. And and again, uh, I did at one point disclosure served on their board for a couple of years. And wonderful group here.
1: Well, that's what the other thing I was going <laughs> to say for full, for full disclosure, <laughs> Nwk was uh, one of the founding sponsors for KXRW. But nice. yes, you're um, right. I don't think that I mean. Most people may not know what NW- sure. wK right. is versus like Planned Parenthood or NAACP. So I just wanted folks to to know that. So thank right. you for
2: sharing that so um so right now, because we're such a new group, we're only like three weeks old, um, like officially. so we yeah, so we are organizing. Um, but uh, the Women's March National has not stopped. Mm-hmm. Like they have ten days of action right now, and it's all about um, getting Trump impeached. <laughs> So uh, I pushed out. They sent me an mm-hmm. action uh, request, and I pushed that out to my members. And there's uh, asking for some phone calls and stuff. It's the resistance, and we are part of that. We are part of that resistance. And, and
0: someone ask a question then along those lines. And I, want, I know we are a political show, so I will ask a political question. A little political here. Okay. So, have
2: you come across
0: people, women, who who supported Trump? Have you come across women in your in your everyday? life that you talk to that you know for a fact supported Trump and have you had conversations with them about that or do you do you not go there
2: <laughs> for me personally yeah. you asked me personally personally yeah oh, okay. just curious just curious so we do live in um you know I live in the 17th legislative district I think that went and I think that went to Trump yeah. and um so I do um have ran into women that that support that supported Trump um and and even when I've um, canvassed and done those kind of political things, I've run into people that supported Trump. Mm-hmm. The thing that really gives me hope is the people that, I when I canvass now that supported Trump, are not supporting Trump anymore. Uh, a lot of those people were really disenfranchised and just felt uh, they needed something like really changed. Yeah, yeah. But but Trump has not done anything for them personally. A little buyer's
0: remorse at this point. Yes. <laughs> yes. So,
2: um, so I have talked to them and okay. I do. Um, you know, 54 percent of white women voted for President Trump. Yeah. You know, and so that's something that we need to acknowledge too. Going okay, have you not um, looked at with the effect that that has on yeah. your black and brown sisters? You know, and what that would do. Well, those numbers so, have
0: flipped. I've seen some recent polling where I, I think it's near 60 percent of women are not supportive of Trump.
2: Right. So, so,
0: so that's that's flipped a bit. You know, and that's and again, you know with women being I won't say it's the empowerment movement here, the resistance movement as it's grown and continued to grow, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays into the politics now it obviously had an effect in 2018 where we saw a wave of women, new women elected newly elected to Congress, we've seen you know, local legislators, we've seen that happen so I'm kind of curious how that'll play out moving oh, and forward. And well, it just, also
1: plays well on the, the national level, I mean look at the, n- the sheer number of presidential candidates we've had in the Democratic Party mm-hmm. up on stage debating well, uh, then, yeah. debating the issues
2: right and I think women are seeing what they've lost in this administration and mm-hmm. they and what they've you know women's rights that they've lost and so I think that they're you know they've they they want to fight to for their survival and their dignity and mm-hmm. you know you watch Donald Trump and his cronies every day they're morally bankrupt they're growing more brazen in their lawbreaking and when you're watching this uh, evidence of their corruption uh, daily in this impeachment proceedings mm-hmm. um, it's kind of hard to ignore so I think that you know some people may not be as vocal about it but I think it has to be going through everyone's mind
0: politics is in intruded, or has it affected every aspect of our lives? It always has, but we're so recognize we recognize that so much more now than I've ever in my entire lifetime noticed. And, and I think that's um, it's interesting because I, I don't I don't know what to take of that. We have a political show here, and it's like you don't know what to make of it, right? Everything's so political. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? But what's great with what what the work you guys are doing is that
2: we're not polarized. Exactly, we are, we, are exactly. we are focused. We are focused. We are um, you know, we are. We want to see a more just country mm-hmm. we want to you know like I said women are more don't you think they're more empowered than ever they want to see equality they want to see uh, justice and they want to um and we don't have that polarization I don't think no which is and even
3: even after their event I mean there's uh, there's still activity there's still things conversations happening in that um, Facebook uh, group page mm. and and there's actions happening,
0: right? So I'm going to give you an opportunity. Uh, can you let the listeners know where they can find you on Facebook and how they can contact your organization, maybe outside of that as well?
2: Okay. Uh, the Facebook page is is it Vancouver? It's Women's March Vancouver 2020. Okay. And um, it's a great page. Um, we it state it, we're really focused on uh, women's actions, women's um, you know things that are happening. Like I said, I to, I posted an, an action from the national. Organization acting asking people to, I think the action today was to call. There there was eight senators. They wanted them to call to see mm-hmm. if um, to ask them to allow uh, witnesses mm-hmm. and ev- and evidence in the impeachment trial. So um, the women's march is going to stay active. We are going to make sure Donald Trump is a one-term president um, at best if we don't get him thrown out right now. But <laughs> it is, <laughs> we are active and we're going
0: outside of Facebook. Is there any other? Uh, contact or is this base, basically the social media at this point
2: we are working on on that right now we're okay, only cool. three weeks Email we're address. thinking i do have emails and we do have a gmail oh yeah a gmail address perfect yes. yeah it's it's spelled out women's march Vancouver wa at gmail, gmail. yeah perfect. okay and then we're working on getting um we're gonna once we organize get a little going we'll get a mailchimp account going and we'll we'll try to get a little bit more organized as an organization because we're so new awesome well yeah.
0: yeah and and a lot of great work in such a short period of time so yeah, absolutely so um we need to wrap it up but but thank you so much uh, terry and carmen for being here with us today and 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 taking us through this experience and sharing this information and i think it was really interesting and i hope our listeners are i'm sure going to be appreciative of it and Hopefully, get some new Facebook follows and you get more women out at your next, uh, whatever the next event may be. Yeah. And we appreciate you guys coming on. Yeah, really thank do. you. Awesome. Thank you. So, from all of us at Filibusters, we'll catch you later. Take care. Bye.
7: You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry go round. And you can't find a fighter. But I see it in you, so we're going to walk it out. Move, move days We can walk it out And move mountains. days And That we have. A thousand times again and we'll
6: census is hiring for part-time jobs with flexible hours. For more information, you can check out 2020census.gov forward slash jobs. That's 2020census.gov forward slash jobs. You may have another job, be retired, or looking for extra income. You can also help make sure that everyone gets counted. For more information on jobs in one of our field offices, you can apply at census.gov forward slash field jobs. That's census.gov forward slash field jobs.